What's up? And welcome to the Very Best Self Podcast. I'm your host, Victoria Brown. Tune in each week as I have candid conversations with inspiring humans, including athletes, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and anyone out there making waves. Get ready to leave your comfort zone behind, step into your power, and live a more purpose-driven life. I am so happy that you're here. Now let's do this. All right. What is up? Welcome back, you guys, to the Very Best Self Podcast. Um, This one today is a long, it's a long, it's been a long time coming. It has been a long freaking time coming. So, you know, back when I used to live in LA, um, you know, I, I've bopped all around, but uh, there is a certain person that I met there. Her name is Madison Ciccone. You may know her as Mads Tads or Maddie. Um, she's an instructor at SoulCycle in Boston. And today I have her on the pod. She's a dear friend. Uh, I adore her. I have adored her for many, many years. Um, And she's been just kind of like that constant in my life that, you know, that person you can call and just kind of talk to about literally anything. Um, So I'm super, super pumped to have her on the podcast today. She has a life coaching program of her own. She is a master instructor at SoulCycle. She has her own podcast, which by the way, The day that this podcast drops on the Very Best Self podcast, you can also listen to my episode on her podcast. Yes, we did like a double kind of like swap pod situation. Um, And so she's the Wicked Fearless podcast. And so you can listen to my interview on her pod and her interview on this pod uh, on the same day. So we love that. Um, She's kind of one of those people that's doing like all the things all of the freaking time, um, mindset coaching and always giving tips and tricks on her po- or on her Instagram too about, you know, how to really be your very best self. So that's why this is a perfect alignment. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I will stop talking about how great she is and let you experience it for yourself. So let's dive in. What is up? What is up, you guys? Welcome back to the Very Best Self Podcast. I am super pumped because today I have none other than my girl. We've been talking about it forever. We're actually making it happen and happen today. We got Madison freaking Ciccone on the podcast. What is up? Hi, my darling. I am so excited to be here. It's been a long time coming and I'm just excited to talk about all the things, do all the things, et cetera, et cetera. I'm so pumped. Um, speaking of talking about all of the things and doing all of the things, you are quite literally always doing all of the things. I feel like I feel like doing all I'm of trying. the things. I'm like trying so hard right now, <laughs> truly, like to do all the things. And I feel like you're doing the same thing, like trying to do the TikTok, trying to do the reels, trying to beat the algorithm constantly, like trying to run the race of life uh, as a influencer, instructor, entrepreneur, side hustle. Like we're, what are we not doing these days? Honestly, right. I feel like side hustles, like really, they were a thing before the pandemic, but like now I feel like now this just, it's just another form of income. You were just like, just, I feel like an yeah. octopus. I have like eight tentacles of like where the trains are running at all times. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's a good thing and it's a bad thing. I feel like our passion projects, like you just realize like, oh, like if I actually work hard at this, like I can make money doing the things that I love as well, which is like kind of a dope win-win, but it is draining at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. I actually, it was, it's really funny that you're saying that I, I, I went to Barry's the last three days on top of teaching. Cause I, I said I wanted to hit a hundred, uh, classes or whatever before 
I actually meet at like my new year's goal. Um, so I've just been pushing it and I got home today and I was like, girl, you, you're tired. I was like, maybe you just like take a beat, (laughs) but it's hard. It's, I think it's challenging when you have, I call it like that D one spirit that like, I, I just want more. I know I'm made for more. Um, and you just immediately have this little like push in you. That's like maybe a little more. Yeah. It's that quiet voice. And yeah, like that's, I feel like that is something that you're really, really good at like person on a personal note, just like watching you and all the things that you do. I feel like you're so good at listening to your quiet voice, that little intuition that like deep within you, that's like, all right, we should try this. Let's, let's maybe give this a whirl. Yeah. I, I, I try to listen to it. It's really funny. Cause I feel like right now there's some whisperings that I feel like I may have been ignoring, um, or just kind of not jumping into them. I've learned to not just like immediately hear the, the, like, you know, the solar plex, like checker, like the whisperings or whatever we want to call it. And like immediately jump as I'm kind of getting older. I kind of wait to see how they pan out a little bit more before I'm just like, Oh, that's it. Just trust your gut. Cause you feel like, I feel like you hear that all the time. It's almost like oversimplified or like super sexy on Instagram, like trust your gut, just like do it. Just like quit the job, just do the thing. Um, and now it's more like, Hey, like what if we just gave it a beat and we just like reverse engineered it for a second and we took out our roadmap and we like, you know, have a calculated plan or really just think about like, okay, what is it that is going on here? Right. So it's about having conversations with your intuition instead of just jumping the second they Yeah. (laughs) or it says, yeah. Yeah. Um, I love that. So that took a lot of time to cultivate. And so I guess (laughs) I like to begin a lot of times at the beginning. Um, and so I think what we'll call the beginning, uh, you know, for this podcast and for our friendship, um, is kind of, we'll go back to LA days, um, started out when you were living in LA and kind of what led you to be, you know, in the position that you're at today, which is like a kick-ass all-star freaking master soul cycle instructor coach you know all of the things that you are <laughs> motivator inspirer um co-conspirator all of that um back to before yeah. mads tads was i know mads, tads. it's so funny because i kind of date like i feel like you know me when my name was madison so yep, the soul cycle madison. yeah so so i have this whole it's almost like pre-soul cycle life. Um, so I actually went to school in Nashville for entertainment and music business at Belmont university. I ended up getting kind of like, I shipped myself out to LA my spring senior semester. Like I always knew I was like LA, LA, LA. There was like no other way. It was like, that's what I'm doing. Done deal. Um, I interned with Ellen DeGeneres and like kind of got to do all these different departments, different things. And then I was like, okay, I, I mean, after you experienced that, I was like, there's really only so many choices. I either stay, I, I guess I could go back to Nashville. I am definitely not going home to Rhode Island. And I'm not really sure how I feel about New York because I'm loving LA right now. So stayed in LA, as you know, LA is a beast. I worked a myriad of different jobs. Um, it took me quite a while to get my first executive assistant job. I was working temp desks. 
um, I actually like pulled out my resume the other day and there were just like all these really interesting, like I worked at Bain and company for two, like two weeks here, four weeks here. And it's just like, I couldn't land the thing. I was working at Lionsgate. I worked at like a a Nigel Lithgow productions, like all these different places. Um, I finally got my first job with XIX entertainment, which is Simon Fuller's company. So I worked there for a while. And that was really my first like executive assistant, personal assistant, um, deep dive. And from there, I worked in that industry for quite some time, um, left different desks, worked a little bit in advertising, digital marketing, um, and just kind of hit that wall when you start to take on other jobs. Like, you know, you start moving around, you start hopping that I went in this series of like getting let go. So every six months to a year, there's like usually a shedding in an agency. If they're not bringing in the revenue or whatever, or maybe my skills weren't great at the time. I still don't know because like, you're never really given the feedback. It's just kind of like your time's done here. And you're like, okay. And you go over to your computer desk and it's locked down and you have to put your shit. You have to like pack your shit up. You barely get to say bye to all these people you made contacts with. Yeah. It's the craziest thing ever. I have like a podcast episode where I talked about like nobody talks about what it's like to get let go of a job and like the culture and like how weird it is. Um, so after that happened a few times, I remember I was like crying in my car. I had a white Jetta at the time. I have this very vivid memory crying in the parking lot of this ad agency down in like Manhattan beach, like way down South. And I was just like, uh, you got to figure it out, girlfriend. Um, I had simultaneously gotten my yoga 200 teacher hour while I was working that crazy job. And my friends were just like, listen, you spend every hour, like you work a 60 to 80 hour, crazy hours, you know, as an assistant and like ad- advertising in general, the, the right. ship doesn't stop. They were like, you literally spent your Thursday nights, your Friday nights at the studio. Then you did all day Saturday, all day Sunday at the studio. And then you went back to work. Like, clearly you should be doing that, not what you're doing. And I was like, okay. Yeah. So I was like, all right. So where did I want to work? I was like, I had worked the front desk at Equinox years before. And I was like, all right, soul cycle is like the shit right now. Like if you're working anywhere, it was like the very height of, it was the, yeah, it was like, it was the peak of boutique fitness need to be. I remember like, yeah, when I, cause I was working on the front desk. Yeah. Um, and so it was crazy because like where soul cycle was at that point and oh. it's still a super popular thing, but like, I remember going out to dinners and I was a front desk kid. Okay. Like I spray, you know, the life spray, yeah, spray shoes and wiping down bikes. Okay. But like I would go to dinner and people would like be like, Oh my God, you work at soul cycle. Like tell me everything. And I'm like, yeah, teach there. No, no, no. They're like, no, I don't care if you, it doesn't matter. I was like, what? <laughs> I yeah. didn't at the time, but no. Yeah. And it, and it was just like, so I was like, okay, I have to work at soul cycle. So the way I got in at soul, I actually went on so many interviews for it. It was insane. I drove up to Malibu for an interview. I drove to Beverly Hills. I was driving everywhere to get in interviews. I went through the whole process. I did an entire shadow day at Beverly Hills. Didn't get the job. And I was like, fuck. Weird. So I went back and I worked at like some other ad agency six months, same thing happened. Ended up getting let go. I was like, okay you know what? Like I'll go on LinkedIn and there was an actually a job opening for Boston for an ASM. And I applied to it and I got reached out to by the same people in LA that were like, Hey, we don't, we have actually rehab. Like I was done with LA at that point. I was like, fuck this place. I'm so done. Like I'm so fucking done with it. They call me 
And they're like, okay, so we don't have an ASM in Boston. We actually have one in LA. Do you want to come back in for this interview? And I was just kind of like, are these people, are these people for real? Like, are they messing with me? Like, is this a joke? Is Ashton going to pop out and be like, oh, like you're on like candy camera. Yeah. And so I remember I went, I went, I met, um, Caitlin and Blake at the time at the montage. And I did one interview with them and I kind of was like a little sassy, like, okay, so like you obviously know by now, whether you want me or not. So like, can we just stop with whatever this is? Yeah. And I got hired as an ASM at WeHo and that kind of set the trajectory of all that would become at SoulCycle. I love it. So (laughs) at what point did you say to yourself, like, I want to be on the podium instead of behind the front desk. Like, where was that, that transition period that you were like, okay, this is actually. Yeah. It's so crazy because that was not, that was never, ever in my head. And it's so funny because I'll. I either. I worked on the front desk for years and I had no desire to be an instructor. It's like a weird shift that happened in me. It was like a weird, actually it was kind of just an accident. Like, I mean, I I feel like, you know, my soul cycle story. Like it was. Yeah. I decided the day of, I was like, oh, maybe I'll like audition. Maybe I'll just like, maybe I'll just like like, float it, float it by. Maybe a little bit more money doing that. I was like, maybe I'll just try it. (laughs) Meanwhile, get to day one of training. I was like, whoa, nothing's ever felt more right in my whole entire life. I feel alignment. Oh, I love that. Oh, that's so great. Ever. Maybe. Um, What is that? What is that? Yeah. Um, So what was the moment for you when it was like, oh shit, I should try this. You know, it wasn't one moment. It was a series of being at, being at, like almost asked the same thing. So I was, you, you know, I was riding up, I was like a podium pony. I would ride for David. I would ride for Pixie. I'd ride for Angela. I would ride for all the senior master instructors of time, Warwick, Laura Craigle, like everybody who would let me ride their podium. I would always ride. Um, and it was after like certain, certain classes, and I was like crazy up there, you know, like I was, I would, and I knew everybody's name because I was the manager. So I'd be screaming people's names, like pointing, like it was, it was insane. And people would come up to me after and be like, why, why don't you try to do this? And I was like, no, 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 I got my thing. And I just kept hearing it over and over and over. And then it got kind of came to the point where I was like, well, shit, why, why not me? Like, why not me? Um, and so I auditioned, I think it was, it was spring 2016. Um, and that I got through the whole like, you know, craziness of it. And then I went to New York for summer 2016 for training. Wow. And then everything changed. Summer now, in New York. When you <laughs> went to training. I should be dead. <laughs> like, <laughs> truly. Well, right, my biggest question I think here is like, when you went to training, did you have every intention of coming back to Los Angeles and becoming an instructor? Or were they like, we want you to go to Boston and you were like, okay, what happened? No, I think I, chapter. I actually literally, they were like, the only thing I was told is if you do this, you cannot go back to LA. We do not have room for you here. Like we do not need instructors in LA. So by going into training, you are going to be sent somewhere else. I was full send off the cliff. I was like, I don't care where you send me. I want to be an instructor. I'll go anywhere. And so when I got to the end of the training, that's when they offered me, I got the offer for Houston, Philly or Boston. And my dad was like, Hey, like, I know you really like the South and you want to go Houston. Cause that's really what my first choice was going to be. And so if anybody's listening from Houston, like, sorry. Um, but 
But I was like, you hate it. At least like you have me and your mom an hour away. Like you have Daisy, you have the dog. Like there's, there's stuff for you here. You're not just moving to another place all alone, like super fresh start. Like you're going to have somewhat of a brand new start in Boston. Um, and I was like, yeah, you're probably right. Let's go there. Let's go there. At least I have like some foundation. I've been there before, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, and the wildest part is when I got to Boston about two months later, I got a call from HQ that was like, Hey, we need someone in LA. And it was one of these moments where that was like a a gut check for me. And I think that that was a massive, I guess, looking back, that could have really changed the trajectory for everything, maybe for better, maybe for worse. Um, And I said, no, like I literally pushed my shabby chic furniture to the fucking curve nine, nine days before training. And you told me I could not come back. And now I can come back. It was the biggest mind screw of my life. Like I literally, like that was like a hit your knees surrender moment of like, God, what are you trying to tell me? Because I just closed this chapter, like cried, like almost like grieved this chapter of my life. Like leaving LA was massive. And I know you can attest to that too. Like how that takes a lot to like, be like, this is closed, especially to be like, this is probably closed for maybe, I don't know for good, but for, for quite some chapters. And then to get that call, like messed with me. I I was like, in terms of like it being a gut check, I have this feeling though, like the universe will test you sometimes when you, you know, yes. And mm-hmm. it's like, you made a choice, you committed to the choice and it's like, you're going down a path that's actually like good for you. Right. And then the universe will be like, like dangle a carrot and be like, are you going to just want to see, or did you really yeah. learn your lesson? Or did you learn? Oh my God. You're so, you're so true. And the same thing will happen with like relationships. So I always say like, when you're doing really, really freaking good, watch the, watch them pop back up. Cause I believe, I believe in that. Yeah, so like the, that. yeah, the universe is like, it wants to be like, Hey, did you learn your lesson? Cause here's this really pretty shiny thing. Are you going to go for it? Or are you going to like be grounded in what you did? And that's exactly what I was. And I answered literally, literally, I came here for a reason. Clearly this path was this was, there's, there's purpose here, like divine purpose. Uh, I believe so. So I'm going to stick it out here. And I was like, I mean, I was not well. I should actually, I'm probably going to call my dad and ask him after this because I was like, oh my God. like it was bad. And I made it's that like decision, you, the decision. You're like in that yeah. moment of like limbo in between, like, did I make the right choice? Did I make the mm-hmm. right decision? Am I in the right place? Or should I, should I have gone back? Like, and just kind of does, it haunts you for a little bit. And then you, yeah. you finally kind of Then you hit your stride. Yeah. And it took a while to hit my stride. I would say like, it takes, you know, I posted something the other day, like it takes, I don't feel like, you know what you're doing until like a year in, then you really get your groove like two years in. And as time goes by, then you really start to know like who you are. Um, I don't ever think it has to do with like what your class is or what this is. It's like, you don't know enough about yourself yet. Um, and you haven't like really like shed the layers or pulled the, you know, I was thinking like pulling the curtain back, like the great pile for eyes. Like you haven't had those moments to be all that you are. And when you really dig in and you really teach for a while, then you start to really get it. Yeah. You know, would you say that it's true that you have to be lost in order to be found? Yeah. Uh, I say lost in the sauce a lot. Like you just got to get lost in the sauce. Um, Yeah. Because I think in those moments where it's almost like you're lost, I feel like that. I, 
I allude to like the washing machine of life. Like you feel like you're getting tumbled and like tossed around and you don't know which way is up. You don't know which way is down, but I feel like those are the moments where you have to figure it out. And it's kind of like a sink or swim moment. Like, am I going to write my ship? Am I going to figure out the course or not? And, and there's really no other way. It's either like, I'm going to figure this out or, I mean, you will always eventually figure it out. I like to think, but it's like, you have that choice, but I, yeah, you don't, you have to get really freaking lost to get found. Like, and I, I think I'm a testament to that. Like you would to be really lost. You would have your rock bottoms. You might have to go to jail. Like you might have to do a lot of, you might have to hit your head a lot of times to get it um, yeah. and get back to like where you need to be. I love talking about that kind of stuff because I think, you know, there's just social media and the world these days is like so many people, you look at what they have, you look at what they're doing, you look at what they're succeeding at, you look at what they've succeeded at or what they've, they've achieved and the milestones they've hit, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But the thing is like, it takes so long to become an overnight success. It takes getting lost in the sauce to, to figure it out and to find your freaking way. Like that's just freaking part of it. And so you know, something that you say and that I love is just, you know, these bathroom floor moments, yeah, uh, these crying in your car moments, you know, <laughs> and, and they happen and, and it's, it's real, but, and, and that's not to say that when you've arrived somewhere that everything is peachy keen and perfect, cause it, it never is, and it never will be, but there is just like, there's a lot of bumpy road. There's a lot of bumpy road along the way. And so it's like holding on for dear life through the turbulence of the airplane <laughs> that is life, you know, carrying us on this journey. It's like, you just got to hold white knuckle it, hold on for dear life and just, you know, trust that, that you're going to get there. Yeah. I often relate this to kind of like the hero's journey. And I'm like, I like, you know, Disney, I like all the movies, but none of those movies would be interesting if they just had all the skills and learned the, and knew the lessons right out the gate. You'd be like, this movie is boring. It's like the, your life, if your life is a movie, it's like, you have to acquire the skills and pick up these things and have those and fall down and get back up. And like, that's what makes you cheer for someone. That's what makes the movie. So like heart, like wrenching or whatever. It's like you you see this person grow, you see this person learn, and then they overcome the thing or they like fight the battle or like whatever it is. And like, that's what makes, um, I think that's what makes someone cool and interesting. And like, wow, like that, that's what it's all about. Not having it all just right out the gate. Yeah. So when it's not a giant catastrophic, you know, bump that you're hitting in the road when it's just like, a really shitty day or maybe like a really shitty week, what are some things that you do to pull yourself out of it? I know, I mean, I'd love for you to sh share some tips and tricks that you have, but I also yeah. want you to touch on when you pull, do the book pool. Cause I really love that. Um, yeah. so what do you, what do you do to pull yourself out of it for anybody who's maybe listening to this and is having an off day or finding themselves feeling stuck? Yeah. So I, um, and I know you're a big fan of this too. I, do a gratitude practice every morning. Mm -hmm. Um, that has been a huge, just shift immediately. Um, do not grab your phone when you wake up, do not immediately start scrolling. Do not immediately start checking emails because you're literally tap, like tapping into the sympathetic of your nervous system of like alert, alert, alert. 
And so you're already starting anxious. You're already starting off. Like, why do that to yourself? So start with like playing music, like having your little routine. Like I've gotten my morning routine down so pat that it's like, I eat the same thing. I make my coffee the same way. I go over to my gratitude practice. I like do that. I have like the songs I listen to. And it's literally such a game changer because it takes any uncertain uncertainty breeds anxiety. So when you take the uncertainty out of it, it just, it sets you on definitely a path for success. Um, I love, I do all these little spiritual things throughout the day to kind of like, I call them tactical trip wires or spiritual trip wires. So whether I have decks of cards or I pull a card, I'm like, okay, what's going on? Um, let me like realign or what does this mean? Or how is this playing into the energy of what's going on? I do that. Um, I also do the book game, which you talked about, which is I pick some of my favorite personal development books, whether it's Gabby Bernstein, Christine Hassler, you know, Dean Graziosi. I mean, you can go on and on and on with all the great people. Um, I hold the book in between my hands and I say, universe, I usually say, God, like, what do you got for me today? And I thumb through it and I open it to a page and I feel like 10 times out of 10, whatever page you open to speaks to whatever you may be feeling or like any agitation or kind of like something you might be coming up against, uh, which is, it's just like gives you space, right? And it just gives you a moment instead of being in your reactiveness or your stuckness or like the ickiness of it, it gives you a little bit of separation uh, to just kind of reroute back and read the page and be like, okay, like, what is this telling me? How can I take this and maybe change the way I'm feeling or go about this a different way? It's just, I really just think it's about the pause and the space. Honestly. Pause and the, the space. Pause and the space. Yeah, I love that. And just kind of leaning into believing that, you know, because whatever you believe is true, right? So just leaning into believing that the message that you need to hear in that moment is just gonna be there. For you like look for the signs and the signs yeah no I'm big on up. signs I love signs that's yeah. huge like I'm yeah. always asking for like send me a cardinal send me this I'm always walking around like instead of walking around staring down at your phone like look up because they're usually literally right in front of your face but we're so distracted by everything our phones and whatever and like whatever that we don't even see these magical signs being given to us by, you know, angels, spirit guides, whatever you believe in. Um, we don't even look up. And now like I've, I am like so conscious of that. Cause I'm like obsessed with seeing certain birds or certain things like, or certain animals. I'll like go run and look them up. Um, but just being open, I kind of be like, as something I've been saying a lot lately is like, if your runway is super cluttered with like all this bullshit and, you know, crap, like cargo and things you don't need, like the blessings and the opportunities don't even get the, they can't even land. So just like clear it out. It's like literal and physical. I feel like too. Yeah. It's like, you know, releasing some of the baggage that we hold on to and carry around so unnecessarily. Um, and then beyond that, like something that I worked on, like at the beginning of this year, was like, I was like, all right, I'm going to recondo my entire house. And like, oh, I saw this right now. And it's a freaking, actually a freaking mess. And it's, yeah, mine is too. but I also Don't just worry. moved recently and I have not like this. Grace, this we got to like, give ourselves grace. grace. Right. This has not been 
decorated yet, like at all. So like, whatever. I guess I'm gonna give myself grace on that. But yeah, I'm like Marie Kondoed my whole like freaking house, had somebody come over and like actually sit with me and go through every single drawer. But it's like, it's, it's metaphorically and it's physically, right? You got to go through, comb through the drawers and the file space, like in our minds and release the baggage yeah. and kind of work through the things that we need to give attention to and work through. And then beyond that, like, can you kind of you know, bring that same energy to your physical space because yeah, if the runway, what did you say? If the runway is clogged up, cluttered, then like the blessings and opportunities can't land. Like plane can't land. You got to create space. If there's shit on the runway. (laughs) Um, but I've, uh, there's a lot of people that also talk about like your space. Like, so this is something that I'm, I have to be super conscious of. Cause I, I always say like, I'm not, I'm not, uh, like, I'm not dirty. I'm just like messy and chaotic. You know, there's like not be like, I'm not, not clean, but like my shit is all over the place. And I like, I, I used to be like, well, I just thrive in chaos, but I'm like, I actually think that the way this looks right now is a depiction of like my brain a little bit and all the things going on, which I know. Yeah. Cause like I said, I have a lot of trains running, but that's kind of cute to like, all right, let's, let's pull up on the reins a little, let's pull back that horse a little bit. You're going a little too fast. Yep. Um, and let's kind of get back to baseline and figure out what we need to do to feel like back that. to baseline. I like back that. to baseline, back to baseline. Um, okay. So is there like, I don't know, you know how we go through like seasons of our messaging. So I'm just curious, like, is there a big, you know, kind of message that you've been giving in your class as of late or something that you, or one of the biggest messages that you give kind of like often the one that kind of like comes up for you over and over again, that you share, uh, with your writers in Boston and with your life coaching program as well. Yeah. Just something that's like super near and dear to your heart, a message. I have two right now that I I've been on a little bit. Um, one is you got to go to know. So I think because I, this is that time of year where I tend to talk to a lot of people that are either leaving college and they don't know which job to take or just the, I did a really big reunion call last night for Wicked Fearless. And and the general thing was like, I don't like my job. I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do next. Like, it's always like, what the fuck am I doing with my life tends to be like the theme. And I think it's just, we get so, we get in the analysis paralysis of making the wrong decision or like, I don't want to make the wrong decision that we don't make any decision. And I'm like, you could take a job and you're probably, you might hate it. You could take a job and you might love it, but you have to take the job because you have to go to now. Like there's no, you can't theorize, you can't strategize, you can't hypothesize, you can't like read about it in a book. You have to go live it. Um, And it's like, you don't know until you go. Like you, you have to do it. It's just like going to LA or going like all the parts of our journey. That's like, I would have never known and I wouldn't become who I am had I not done that thing. So that's one thing I say a lot. Um, and the other is just like, and I don't really have any like cool, like kitschy saying for it, but <laughs> it's just more like, don't let other people's voices and opinions stop you from doing that thing you feel like was put in your heart. And I'm like, if it's pulling on you and you're feeling called to something, it's for a reason. I believe divine, like it is being downloaded from universe God that you need to go do that thing because that's going to get you closer to like what your passion is and what your most purposeful point it like uh, is on this earth. Um, 
you know, and like, why would you let, and I, I say a lot too, you know, at, at soul and also in the groups that we're in. And when we go to different arenas or we go to different dinners and namaste sober and things I'm involved with, I'm like the people surrounding you right now, you probably have more in common with than your closest friends, your family, you know, your inner circle, because these are people that are holding you to a higher standard than you hold yourself. And, and that's not, that's not any like no tea, no shade to your really close inner circle or your family or whatever. But I always feel like nine times out of 10, when you start that side hustle or you speak about that job or whatever, it's the people you think that would support you, support you and be your biggest cheerleaders are actually the ones that say like stupid shit. Like, well, I'm just like really concerned about you posting about blah, 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 or whatever the thing is. And it's like, it's those little voices. They're like almost these like, like, little like naggy, like (laughs) that stop you from living your truth or doing what you were, what you were put here to do, because you let these little like naggy voices stop you. And totally agree with that. Yeah. And yeah. And it's, it's so not great. (laughs) Yeah. You gotta like, we, we always get to that place where you're just like, don't pay attention to what he, what he said or what she said or what they said, like what, you know, really, really listening to like, well, what do you want? What do you say? Like, how do you feel? You know, it's like, yeah, you got to drown out the noise. I think that's a reason why a lot of times, um, I keep stuff close to my chest too. Like, I'm just like, Mm. like, I'm going to test the waters on this. Like I'm going to dip a toe in the water and then I'm going to cannonball into the deep end, but like, I'm going to do it in my own way and in my own time. And then like, yeah. I don't really care. Like you're going to be, you're going to feel the splash, the after splash after I cannonball in the deep end. Like for those, the people who like, you know, obviously there's some people you can talk to about all your stuff, but like, yeah, you know what it is? Like, no, I, I, I get that. You're hundred percent right though. It's sometimes the people close to you, closest to you who know you the best, who are like kind of chirp, chirp in a way that you're just like, ah, uh, like, no. Uh. What? It's so interesting. I almost feel like I was better. I feel like oppositely. I feel like I wish sometimes I kept things close to my heart and like close to my chest, but I, my dad and I call this thing, fuck it Island. And I feel like I've just gone through like too much wild, horrible things or like think like, I'm just like a changed person that like, I just don't, I actually simply don't have time. If you are not like on my team, like if you're not. And so we call it fuck it Island, like where you're just like, nah, it's out there. Like, this is what it is. You can either join, like join up in arms with me or like sayonara. Um, and I don't really know where that, that attitude came from because I definitely was not always like that. Um, I think it just came from being so sick of trying to like, please and trying to whatever, and, um, feeling like I was treated not well in jobs or by bosses, or like, I just got to this point where like everything just broke probably like around like getting my DUI or just, it just got to a point where there was just, everything was already out there. And so by just putting it all out there, it was like, you don't have shit on me. You can't, I know I was not a good person. I know I call out the things I did. Um, It's like this level of like freedom or like something just, I don't want to say like snaps, but like a little bit of just like, and you're just like, it is what it is. You can join up or uh, maybe someday you'll say, you know me. Like, I don't know. I don't know. know. You'll say, you know me. Yeah. (laughs) Right. It's it's like the people that like have dogged you in high school or like wherever in your life that are now like, oh my God, like we were so close. Like, we're besties. And you're like, yeah. no, we fucking weren't. 
<laughs> I'm dead. I'm dead. I'm dead. I'm dead. No, yeah. I, I remember that going down differently. Actually, it's, it's weird okay. because I feel like it was just different in my head. Um, but yeah. So yeah, yeah. So you're just like, like we started this off doing all of the things, hosting your own podcast, doing all the things. You've got the Wicked Fearless. Uh, you're about to launch your next. Yeah, the eighth. It's like the eighth, eighth round. round. I need to triple wow. check that. I think it's the eighth. Um, you know, you're in a good spot when you start to yeah, lose when you're just count like, of you how many count. you can. I yeah. love that. So this is her life coaching program that we're talking about. It's an eight week program that she runs. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to test some new different things, some different cohorts. And like, I, I really want to do a dorm edition because I, I feel like I'm always getting this, like right out of college. Oh my God. WTF. Um, and we don't, we don't have those life goals. And quite frankly, they're not teaching them. It's like, did you take a class in college that was like, Hey, you should do this morning routine or like, Hey, you should like, you know, put this aside or do this, or maybe like, like read this. Or... How many young girls like don't, like, I didn't have an older sister. I had nothing. I was nothing. the oldest. So like when I was in college, you know, and I was in my dorm room, like I didn't have like anybody really that I could like kind of ask those kind of things or talk to about those kind of things or like a safe space where I could just like talk about who I was. Zero mentorship. Yeah. Zero zero mentorship. I remember like, I can recall, like, it's so funny. I can recall like only like several, and I actually have been wanting to reach back out to them and like find where these professors are now. I can recall like three, maybe four professors that I was like, you you changed the trajectory of my life or you showed me kindness in a moment where like, I was so lost, so distraught, so in such a bad place. I'll never forget this. Like, just like a quick tangent. I had a, a, a professor, she was, it's a, it's a woman. And I was in like a film and feminism class. And I, I was like obsessed with this thing, but I was, I remember I was like peak, 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 like eating disorder in college. Like I've never been more skinny. I was like going tanning. I was probably so like, I just looked probably so crazy. Like, yeah, like tangerine. I was probably like not less than 90 pounds. And I would wear like these like old grandpa sweaters with nothing under them, like as a dress. Like I was just like, I was so far gone in college. And I just remember it was almost Thanksgiving and we were in this class and I like could barely keep my head up because I was so tired, probably because I was so freaking malnourished. And I remember her like pulling me aside after class and was like, Hey, like, I don't even remember what she said, but it was along the lines of like, kind of like me go home and like, like have like, go have like a meal. Like it wasn't like in a pushy, like you need to eat something way. It was like, and I'll just never forget that. It was like a feeling. And then, and, but other than that, I can't recall, I can recall a couple people, a couple instances, but zero mentorship, none. Right. Especially when you go to, when you were from Boston and you went to school all the way in Nashville. So it's like, your yeah. family's not nearby. The people like in your circle are like not nearby and you're just kind of off on your own. So like, you know, I think, and I've been saying it forever, like you should answer that call because I do think there are so many women yeah. and so many girls, um, out there who would like love to be a part of that. Um, yeah. I don't know. So just like you, it kind of like you, when you're like, yep. A lot going, there's like so many, it's like the antlers are like, or what are these antennas? Um, so we'll see just like little things that I'm dreaming up as it goes on. I love yeah. that. Um, okay. So last question for you, if you could give one piece of advice to your younger self, what would you tell her? 
I struggle with this one. Um, That's okay. I struggle with this one because I have, I think I would just say, don't get caught up in kind of like what everybody else is doing. And for me, that was like partying so hard and don't get caught up in like this Hollywood nights. Like I obviously mine's individual to me, but don't get so caught up in like what everybody else is doing or what like the cool kids are doing or what seems cool. And you're like afraid that you're going to be on the outskirts or like be a loser or whatever. Cause I feel like the people that are the black sheep, I have this thing, like the black sheep becomes the goat. And so don't be afraid to kind of like blaze your own trail and do something different just because you're not going along with the masses. And for me, I noticed that a lot with like partying and drinking and party culture. Um, and that's what I would, I wish I could sometimes like shake my younger self and be like, yo, but then I also have to give myself grace because I wouldn't be all that I am if I hadn't gone down some of the, you know, dark night roads, dark night roads that I went down. So, um, somewhere in there, somewhere in that marination, I'm just kind of like, don't get caught up in like the hype of what it means to be like in the in crowd or whatever that shit is. Cause it's just, it's, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't velvet rope. As you said, it's <laughs> yeah. it really isn't all that glamorous. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like no, like the vodka cranberry beyond the, the, the rope is it's not trash, that great. Actually. Yeah. It's trash. It's trash. <laughs> actually trash people make it look like it is so cool yeah so not yeah um so that's probably what I would say in this moment today in this space I love that I love that so much and I'm so glad that we finally got to do this pod swap so if you're listening to this when it drops on Mads Tad's podcast there will be an interview where she interviews me um and then same day I interview her so like it's gonna yeah. be magic so everybody just like so listen to one listen to the other back to back they're so subscribe good to together <laughs> subscribe to both um yeah that would be great I love it. I love you. Thanks for being on. I adore you. Thank you for bringing me on. Thank you guys so much for listening today. I think my, I honestly have to say one of my favorite moments out of this podcast, and I think something I'm going to carry with me for probably ever. Um, well, actually two things, the washer machine moment. I love that. Never went for those moments in life where you're not sure what's up, what's down and where you are. And you're just kind of being tumbled around. Like I was like, oh yeah, I feel that. I feel that in my soul. And then the other thing that I feel like I'm going to carry with me forever and ever and ever is that the black sheep becomes the goat. The black sheep becomes the goat. I'm like, yeah. Okay. Um, she's just a queen of just like little nuggets and little takeaways. And I loved today's episode so freaking much. I hope you enjoyed it too. Um, yeah, so that is a freaking wrap. Um, follow Madison on Instagram at Mads Tads. Uh, follow me on Instagram at Victoria Brown. Follow the podcast handle at Very Best Self. Um, and you know the drill. Make sure that you pretty, pretty please subscribe to the podcast. It helps this thing grow. And I super appreciate you for doing that. Give us five stars and write a review. And that is a freaking wrap for today. Um, yeah, I'll see you guys next time.